This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Thank you so much for having us in your home today. My name's Trey Johnson, and you're watching Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. You know, in everything that we do, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in the rodeo world, we're always asking, is this going to help people know God, and is it going to help them be the best them that they can be? You know, I know deep down inside of each and every one of us, there's a desire for us to rise up and to be everything God's called and created us to be. And so that's our purpose. And our vision here at Trey Johnson Ministries is we're going to reach the world with the gospel, win the world of Team Rope and change lives one thought at a time. How are we going to do that? We're going to do it one service at a time, one book at a time, one magazine at a time, one teaching at a time, one conference at a time, one person at a time, one thought at a time. So today, you didn't join this program by accident. We don't believe in coincidences. We believe that God is directing every person that's watching this show to be exactly where you're at. And we declare that you have ears to hear. So let's pray and we'll get right into God's Word tonight. Father, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness. Father, we just declare that our eyes see and our ears hear and our heart is receptive to the Word of God and that we learn and we grow tonight to be the best us we can be, to be difference makers upon this earth. And so, Father, I just declare that tonight is a changing point in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about redeemed to run and how God wants you and I to realize that we've been delivered from the power of darkness, we've been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and we are equipped by God to run our race. You're not designed to be anybody else but you. You have giftings, you have passions, you have desires, you have things that are on the inside of you that God Himself has placed, and He wants them to come out. So let's start in John chapter 20. I'm going to read the first few verses here. This is kind of our foundational text for this series. And it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciples were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. You know, Mary Magdalene had an encounter with God that changed her life. Peter had an encounter with God that changed his life. The other disciples, was referring to John, had an encounter that changed his life. And when you begin to see God for who He truly is, I'm not talking about being religious. You're not, there isn't going to be a Baptist heaven, a Methodist heaven, a Pentecostal heaven. There's going to be one heaven. But God wants us to have relationship and experience His will on earth right here and now, just like it is in heaven. And when you begin to see things in God's Word, and you begin to see your gifts and your callings and your passions, the way that God does, you're going to begin to run. You're going to run your race. You're going to get up off your backside. You're going to quit being lazy. You're not just going to settle for average. You're going to go after God, and you're going to realize that God is always in front of you doing this right here, inviting the real you to come alive. So you see, she ran, and Peter ran, and John ran, and I'm inviting you to run. And, and I believe as the body of Christ, as people around the world, God is wanting us to get up and run our race. Now go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And today we're going to talk about, continuing to talk about running, running with our armor, running our race, being who God's called and created us to be. And this is a, 
a famous story that you could probably go anywhere in the world and, and refer to David and Goliath. And even people that don't know God would realize, hey, I've heard that story before. You hear, hear sports commentators talk about David and Goliath. You hear horse racing commentators talk about David and Goliath. You hear boxers talk about David and Goliath. People are always rooting for the underdog. But I want to encourage you tonight to open your ears and see yourself in this story that you have what it takes to be everything God's called and created you to be. 1 Samuel 17, verse 48 through 51. It says, When the Philistines came forward to meet David, notice this, David ran quickly. He ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand into his bag, took out a stone, slung it, struck the Philistine, sinking it into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and he struck down the Philistine and slew him, but no sword was in David's hand. So he ran. He ran. And he stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath, and killed him and cut off his head. And the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead. They fled. David represents you and I. David represents a person that is passionate about their relationship with God. David represents a person who knew the heart of God. In Acts 13, it says, God found David, who was a man after his own heart, and he served his generation completely. You know, God wants you and I to discover our gifts, our passions, our desires, our dreams, and he wants us to be everything that we're called and created to be. But there's going to be giants in the land. But he wants us to have the same response that David had. What did David do? He didn't run from the giant. He ran to the giant. He didn't run from the obstacle. He ran to the obstacle. He didn't run from the difficult times. He ran to the difficult times. Remember in Psalms 23, verse 5, he says, God, you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's saying, I'm not going to run from the, from the enemy in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to pull right up to the table of opportunity, and I'm going to grow. I'm going to be the best me that I can be and I'm going to possess the land that God has called me to, I'm going to run. I want you to run. I want you to realize you've been redeemed from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God is stirring you on the inside saying, run, run your race, live your race, fulfill your dream, be who you're called to be, get off your backside. I know there's a lot of excuses coming up. You know the definition of excuse in the Webster's Dictionary is an invalid reason for neglecting your duty. So whatever excuse just came up in your mind and in your heart when Whenever I was encouraging you to run your race, yeah, but I don't have money. Yeah, but I didn't come from the right family. Yeah, but it's so hard. Yeah, but get your butt out of the way and realize it's an invalid reason for neglecting your duty. In other words, whatever excuse it is, no good reason for you not being you. There's no good reason, whatever it is. Now, don't write me any letters or anything like that. I'm not going to read them anyway when it comes to being rude or anything like that. I'm just, I'm trying to make a point. There's no good reason for you not being everything God's called and created you to be. Every one of us could get up here and we could talk about how difficult life can be. But you and God are the majority. And God is wanting you to realize that when He sent Jesus to die on the cross and when Jesus defeated the enemy in the pit of hell and He was raised from the dead, He redeemed you and I so we could run our race and live the life that He has created us to be. And there's no good reason for you and I not to come into relationship with God and let's be the difference makers we're created to be. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. And if, if you 
have you, you've probably heard teachings on the armor of God and you can go to our website and we have you know hours of teachings on the armor of God we've also been talking about ruling reigning and running there's other teachings here that it's very important go to the website there's hours of teaching that those are for the ones who want to go to the next level those who are hungry for more growth hungry to apply the Word of God but in Ephesians 6:10, this is Paul writing to you and I and he says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, we're talking about running our race. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. I want you to hear with open ears. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. This, this word brethren here, it comes from a, a Greek word where it paints the picture of a womb. And it paints a picture of two identical twins inside this womb. And I wasn't planning on going here, but I just feel like somebody needs to hear this. What would happen at this time is Alexander the Great... He was kicking tail and taking names all across the land. He was, he was just possessing land and territories, and he was a young man at this time. And so one of the greatest medals that a person could have is to be acknowledged with Alexander the Great. Now, I'm talking about the word brethren coming from the same womb. And what would happen at this time is, is they would hold... They'd hold banquets and everything, and at these banquets, they would the, the leaders of the army, during battle, they would watch and see who was kicking tail and taking names in battle, who didn't have any back off in them, who, who thought like a winner, who believed like a winner, they talked like a winner, they, they went into battle knowing that they was going to win, and they would have this banquet, and they'd pull them up on stage, and Alexander the Great would come out, and he would just put his arm around them, and he would say, my brethren, he would identify himself with them saying the same way that I think when they think when the same way I'm a tail kicker they're a tail kicker the same way I think different believe different talk different walk different my brethren and so the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul right here is saying the same thing to you and I he's saying I want you to see yourself differently that you're not unworthy, you're not some worm, you're not some weakling. The Holy Spirit is wrapping His arm around you saying the same way only victory is running through my DNA if you're born again child of God, my brethren, He's saying the same thing is in you. He says, so, so with this, I want you to picture this. This is the Holy Spirit talking to you and I and He's saying, I want you to see yourself differently and I, I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong. This word strong in the Greek, it paints the picture. It's where we get our word uh, dunamo or where we get our word dynamite. Okay, so I want you to picture what he's saying. He's saying, be strong. This word, be strong, dynamite, dunamo, it paints the picture of God looking for a vessel. Picture this with me. He's looking for a vessel that he can fill this vessel with his explosive power, this inner strength. And the Holy Spirit is saying, now I've, I've cut you out. I've separated you and I'm putting my arm around you. And I need you to know when God looks at you, this is what He sees. He sees you as a vessel that is worthy for the Spirit of God to be full of because of the blood of Jesus. He's saying, be strong. Position yourself in relationship with God so you can be strong. Be. Think about the power of be from the very beginning of time when God said, light be, what happened? Light was. See that word be, it's a continuation. Be. Be fruitful. Be strong. Firmament be. Land be. 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 And right here he's saying be strong. It's the, it's the strongest, um, most urgent writings in the Greek language. This isn't a suggestion. 
Paul is not some religious patty cake player, some wimp. He's saying, I need you to understand who you are. And I need you to get off the fence. And I need you to get in the game. And I need you to be strong. Not be weak. You know, it used to just, just bother me. Even before I gave my life to the Lord, you'd see the old Westerns. You know, my grandpa watched Westerns. My you know, dad, every once in a while, watched Westerns and stuff. And you'd see the preacher. He would be crawling underneath the wagon like a little bitty weenie. And he'd just be, oh, just shaking. Oh, that is a crock. That's a lie. If you're going to live for God, you've got to have some, some oomph about you. You've got to have some passion about you. You've got to be willing to stand. You've got to be willing to, to dig down, put your big board britches on, and, and realize that there's going to be some things to overcome. And this is what Paul is saying. I need you to see yourself differently and be strong. He says, be strong where? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord in relationship with God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says that we're one spirit with Him. Acts 17, verse 28, it says, In Him we live and move and have our being. He's saying, be strong in your relationship with God. This isn't a, this isn't a one-time filling of this container. This is a, a continuation of filling the, the container with explosive strength, with explosive power. In other words, God isn't some religious God. God is a God of power. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Power means the ability to get results. God wants you to get results in your family. He wants you to get results in your business. He wants you to have results in your physical body. He wants you to have, have the power of God tangible at the workplace. He says, be strong in the Lord in your relationship with God. Let's keep going. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And he goes on and says, uh, well, before I go on to verse 11, I want to look at this word might because the word might in the Greek, it paints this picture of this real big, strong, muscled guy, uh, just buff, ripped, I mean you know, kind of say like me, but I'm just kidding. I'm not a very big guy. You know, I'm kind of a small guy and everything. But, it's, but this is what he's painting. He says, all right, I want you to see that you have the potential. You have been chosen to be a vessel, to be a container of the explosive power of God. And I want you to see that it's not your power, it's God's power. It's not your ability, it's God's ability. It's not your strength, it's God's strength. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, now when you realize that you're this chosen vessel, you realize that you have a 24-7 access into this power and you're in relationship with God and you're not being religious, and, and, but you're, you're after the heart of God. You're after the presence of God. He says, now put on the whole armor of God. Now we're talking about you're redeemed to run your race with your armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Notice this word put on. If you can put something on, you can take something off. Now I want you to picture Paul. He's in a jail cell here and Paul is attached to a Roman soldier. And he's in very difficult conditions here. And he starts describing what this Roman soldier looked like. And he begins to describe the loin belt. And he begins to describe the, the breastplate of righteousness. And he begins to describe the shield of faith. And he begins to describe the shoes of peace. You know, these shoes, they, they had metal that went from their knees down to their shoes. And these shoes had spikes on them. If they were just civilian soldiers, they'd have about one inch spike on them. But if they were out on the battlefield, they would have one to three inch spike 
on the bottom of their shoes so they could stand their ground when life hit them, when their enemy hit them. They might rock back, but they had their, their shoes of peace on and it, and it allowed them to be stable. And so Paul, he's, he's describing all these things. And he says, now I want you to pull on, put on the whole armor of God. Not, not just some of the armor. I didn't just give you the helmet of salvation. I mean, think how strange you would look if you just showed up with a helmet on and your tidy whities and just a smile and I'm ready to fight. Oh, that would be odd. People would laugh. You would think, oh my gosh, who does this person think he is? I mean, they're going to get a sunburn for one thing and all they showed up is in their underoos and their helmet. Come on. Paul is saying, oh, put on everything that God created. Notice he said the armor of who? The armor of God. I want you to picture this. The armor of God, when they would come in to the Roman government, stay with me here, they would measure every soldier. And this armor wasn't a one-size-fits-all. It wasn't like whenever I was little, you know, I'd wear my dad's hat and it would turn around, or I'd wear my dad's boot and it'd be too big, or I'd wear his T-shirt and it'd be too big. No, it was when you come into the family of God, it's designed, your faith is designed to fit your hands. Your, your faith, it says, above all, take the shield of faith. The shield, it, it covers every area of your life. The helmet, it's designed for your head. The swords are designed for your hands. The shoes are designed for your feet. The belt is designed for you. Everything, he says, now put on the whole armor of God. God is the creator of the armor. He's the originator of the armor. He's the source behind the armor. And when he created it and gave it to you, he wasn't expecting you to lose. He wasn't expecting you to be some wimp. He wasn't expecting you to, to get knocked down in the battle and never get up again. No, he gave you the helmet. He gave you the sword. He gave you the breastplate. He gave you all the armor for you to win. And the apostle Paul is saying, I need you to be strong in your relationship with God. And bless God, put on the armor of God. Quit, quit taking Taking it off because things didn't work out the way you thought they should. Put on the armor of God. Why? That you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now stay with me here because I want to get somewhere by the end of this program. He says there's a reason why you have the armor because you need to run your race. You need to get to the field you're called to and be everything you're called to be. And he says the purpose behind the armor is that you are able to to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're able. You need to get that on the inside of you. You're able. You're able to get back up. You're able to overcome. You're able to know God. You've got to make a decision on the inside. If anybody's going to know God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in the power of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to fulfill the will of God, it's going to be me. I don't care what I face. I don't care what comes against me. It's going to be me. Me and God are the majority. He says, now you put on the armor of God, realizing that God is backing you, realizing that God created it and designed it, gave it to you, that you may be able, that you're able, say I'm able, to stand. The word stand, it paints a picture of confidence. Here, here this Roman soldier is. Stand, I want you to picture this. It's not uh, some soldier just slumped over and I just, I just don't know. Life's just so hard. I just love Jesus, but I just bless my heart. No, stand 
It paints the picture of this show, this soldier who'd been trained to think when, and, and he had his shoulders back, and he was called to a certain territory, and he would overlook this territory knowing that he was going to take that territory, and he was going to win. He didn't think he might die. He didn't think, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? He didn't think, oh, I hope nobody has the virus. He didn't think that. No, he had his shoulders back realizing that God was in him, God was with him, God is for him, and this is the picture that it paints for you. And I remember my brethren... He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, stand shoulders back. What territory you're called to? And he says, against, the word against comes from a Greek word, pros, P-R-O-S. And it means there's going to come a time that you're going to come eyeball to eyeball. Listen, eyeball to eyeball with the problem. You're going to come eyeball to eyeball with a doctor's report. Eyeball to eyeball with what the economy does going up and down. Eyeball to eyeball, but he says you're able. You're able to stand. You're able. You're able to look that fear right in the eye. You're able to look that disease in the eye. You're able to look that lack in the eye. And you're knowing that you're going to win. He says you have this armor. So you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles. Wiles. It comes from a Greek word where it paints the picture. Now picture this with me. We're going to finish strong. We're going to go somewhere fast here. Wiles. It paints a picture that there's a road going somewhere. And this road is going towards your mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Hey, listen, we're not going to be ignorant so the devil can take advantage of us. But we're going to recognize and we're going to realize that he has devices. The word devices also makes, makes us realize that on this road, now stay with me here, the devices on this road are cunning, crafty ideas and lies that are coming somewhere and they're coming somewhere to your mind because whoever gets the mind gets the life. Whoever controls the thinking controls the life. What direction is your thinking going because that's the direction that your life is going to go. So he says, I want you to realize that there's a road going somewhere and it's going to your thinking. He says, but you have on the armor of God to shut down the traffic on this road, the lies that are on this road, the cunning craft the uh, deception that's on this road. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is why Paul wrote this. Okay, so he says, I need you to recognize that the enemy has wiles, that there's a road coming somewhere and it's coming to your mind. I need you to recognize that the enemy has devices that, that he wants to conjure up these mind games. Have you ever kind of had mental gymnastics going on on the inside of you? You know, you want to believe God, but oh my gosh, you're so full of fear. And you want to believe that he's going to supply your needs, but oh my gosh, the economy did this. And you want to believe that he protects you, but oh my gosh, this is going on. And you're just going back and forth, the mental gymnastics. So let you know that the traffic on the road to your mind has more negativity than it does faith. So Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now Paul is saying, okay, you, remember you're able... You have this armor on. You have these weapons. And with this armor, God is expecting you and I. He says, the strongholds in your life. Now, a stronghold, it comes from a word that means a prison, and it means a fortress. I want you to think about this, a fortress. It has these high towers and everything, and this fortress, what would it do? It would keep the enemy out. The word prison there, what does it do? It has thick walls to keep the prisoner in. 
So if I have wrong thoughts that I'm thinking they're going to keep the enemy out, if I don't realize what is going on, I can keep out truth that can set me free. So Paul is saying right here, you have the armor to pull down wrong thoughts, to pull down the stronghold, to bust open the prison wall, to tear it down. The arguments. Arguments means anything that tries to persuade you. So it says, okay, there's a road coming, and there's a road built, and it's going towards your mind, and on this road the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he has these wiles, he has these devices, he has these mind games, he has these confusions, he has these lies that you're going to die, he has these lies that your marriage is not going to make it, he has these lies that you'll never reach your dream, he has these lies, and if you don't shut down the traffic... That lie begins to penetrate and penetrate and penetrate and penetrate your thinking until you begin to believe it. And now you believe the lie and now it becomes your reality. And Paul is saying you have what it takes, that lie, that trickery, to pull it down. He says, I want you to take every thought captive. Studies say that you and I think between 70 and 100,000 thoughts a day. Think about that. 70 to 100,000 thoughts a day. And he says, and you have the ability to pull down each and every thought. Captivity. And he says, and like a spear, you take this thought and you bring it and you line it up to the Word of God. And if it doesn't agree with the Word of God, you make it agree with the Word of God. See, either your thoughts are, you're going to take your thoughts captives or your thoughts are going to take you captive. Who's controlling your thinking? He says, okay, when a thought comes, I want, you to, I want you to take it captive and bring it into alignment with the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you make it listen to you. You've got to open your mouth. Open your mouth and say what God says. How do I change the traffic on this road? I've got to shut down the road, first and foremost, of negativity. If it's a negative thought, uh-uh. Now, as long as we live on this earth, you're going to have to deal with negative thoughts. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to have to deal with the lies of the enemy. How do we do it? We have the armor of God on. We pull down the wrong thought. We pull down the argument. We pull down the lie. And we open our mouth and we say, God, you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. When that thought comes that you're going to die prematurely, God, you promise me long life and you'll show me my salvation. Your salvation. So you, whatever lie is coming, you pull it down and put God's Word right back in its place. Open your mouth. So you have this road coming somewhere, and these lies are on this road, but you have the ability to pull it down and run your race. Now let's go to David, and we're getting ready to be done here. Remember 1 Samuel 17, you can read it in your own time. What began to happen? Now the word devil, because he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stay with me here. The word devil is a job description. It comes from two words in the Greek, diabolo. Dia means to uh, penetrate. Balo means like a rock or a ball. Okay, so I want you to picture this with me. On this road, 
The devil is going to try to bring negative thoughts to you over and over, going to try to penetrate. He's going to try to throw that lie to you that your family isn't going to make it. Throw that lie to you that your, your money's not going to make it. He's going to throw that lie to you that you're not going to be able to reach your dream. He's going to throw that lie to you over and over, not just once, but over and over and over and over again to penetrate your thinking. He's going to find that weak area of your life that's going to ignite your emotions, and now you're going to believe the lie, and now the lie becomes the reality. Unless... You shut down the lie and you make truth travel on the road to your mind. So are lies traveling on the road to your mind or is truth traveling on the road to your mind? 1 Samuel 17, Goliath comes out and it says for 40 days, morning, stay with me here, we're talking about the tactics of the enemy. Morning and evening, he started coming out and he started defying the armies of Israel. Defying means shaming them, letting them know that you're not going to make it. Not just once, morning, evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, 40 days, morning, evening, 40 days, morning, evening. What was he doing? That was the description of the devil consistently trying to penetrate their thinking. And listen, the army did not shut down because just because of Goliath's appearance. They were paralyzed. They were numb. They were disabled because what the enemy said. The enemy tries to hold you back because of what he tells you. He doesn't want you to reach your dream because of what he tells you. He's going to try to hinder people by what he says. You'll never make it. You don't have the money. You didn't come from the right family. So Goliath tries to do the same thing to David. David goes to Saul, though the word comes back. David, he begins to look around. How come nobody's rising up and putting this turkey in his place? David, he was just being faithful. He was tending sheep, and his dad says, Hey, David, why don't you go take some crackers and cheese, you know, to, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, to your brothers and get a report on the war and how everything's going. Well, as David approaches the battle, he hears this Goliath taunting him saying, I defy the ranks of the armies of Israel. I shame them. I let them know they're no good. And David begins to look around. Hey, how come nobody's standing up? How come nobody's making a difference? How come nobody's putting this guy in his place? And then his brother starts saying, well, who do you think you are? Where are your few sheep that you've been keeping there, David? And David said, now listen, isn't there, isn't there a cause? I'm here. You're here. Shouldn't we rise up and be difference makers we're called to be? Maybe nobody in your family has truly gone after God before tonight's the night. Maybe nobody's really fulfilled the dream that God has placed on the inside of them. Is there not a cause? What's holding you back from being everything God's called and created you to be? What's holding you back from reaching your dream? What's holding you back from honing your skill? What's holding you back from being the best, the best you that you can be? Is there not a cause? Because the Goliath is going to rise up and he's going to start throwing accusations. He's going to start lying to you. Remember, there's a road coming somewhere and it's coming towards your thinking. And it's on this road. There's going to be lies and there's going to be deception. And there's going to be you can't, you can't, you can't shut down that traffic and begin to do what David did. Because see, the same way Goliath shut down the army of Israel, he came at David the same way. He started making fun of him. Who do you think you are? You little, your little boy, you coming at me with just a, a sling and a rock and a stick, and who do you think you are? But remember we read earlier, David, and he began to run. And I want you to begin to run because I want, you to, I want you to picture just the confidence that was in David because David just come from the presence of Saul, and he'd been remembering. He says, King Saul, he said, 
when I was tending my dad's sheep, there was a there was a lion and there was a bear at different times, and they come and they took out a, a sheep out of the flock. But I tell you what, something rose up on the inside of me, saw, and I ran after that bear and I grabbed it by its beard and I smote it and I took the lamb back. And the same way God delivered me from the lion, and the same way God delivered me from the bear, is the same way God's going to deliver me from this Philistine. And, of course, Saul said, hey, man, I can tell. See, there's something about faith. I mean, you can tell when people are being religious, and you can tell there's something different. You can tell it right in here. And Saul said, okay, David, go ahead. And so David had his sling, and he had his rock, and he began to run towards run, run. He began to run. He began to run. See, your destiny is on the other side of the giant that you need to take down. He began to run. He didn't run backwards. He began to run, run his race. He began to run towards Goliath, and he opened his mouth. He said, listen, I'm going to take your head off and I'm going to feed your carcass to the, to the birds of the air. And he began to run and he grabbed the stone and he drilled him right between the eyes, dropped him. He didn't have a, a knife, but he got over him. He took his own knife out, cut his throat off, and he went back into the presence of the king with his head in his hand. Saying, listen, I'm running my race and whatever giant gets in my way, I'm going to take it down. You know, there were no giant killers in that land until David rose up and began to run his race. Then after that day, when D Goliath was killed, giant killers began to rise up all around the country because they began to realize, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Maybe nobody has ever killed the giant of alcoholism, the giant of addiction, the giant of divorce, the giant of cancer, the giant of the curse, whatever it is, be the first to run your race. Be the first to rise up and say, you know what, I'm going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and I've got the armor of God and I'm going to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And my whole life there's been this road and it feels like there's just a, an access and it's just a flooded bumper to bumper tra traffic of negativity, of I can't, there's no way, but I shut down that road today. And I'm going to start letting only God's Word travel on that road to my mind that says I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. It's only going to travel that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It's only going to travel that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. It's only going to travel that God supplies all my needs. It's only going to travel. If it's positive, it can travel. If it's negative, it has no access. I'm going to shut it down. I've got the armor on and I'm going to run towards my dream. You are redeemed by Almighty God to run your race. Get up off your backside and run your race. Run after God and be everything you're called and created to be. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, you're redeemed to run, and I look forward to coming into your home again next week. God bless you guys.